everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Oh, it's a special one this week, I feel, on the show. Because, as you stated last week, Janine, on last week's episode, this movie we're talking about today was the whole reason you chose this series in the first place. Yes, I love this movie. It's very emotional. It gives you all the feels. Um... And it has a lot of relatable things in there. So definitely um, a, a great example of a teacher movie. So I, I definitely had to share this one with you. That is, of course, the series we are on, on Morgan Hasn't Seen at the minute. Because it is September, school children are back in schooling environments, <laughs> I suppose. And teachers are the... I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> I really don't know where I was going with that one. I was going to say name of the day, but that doesn't make any sense because that was a mix of name of the game and <laughs> I, I guess something of the day as well. I really don't know where I was going with that one. I've now <laughs> made myself look fine. like a moron. But teacher movies tend to be great movies. They also, as we know, like to ram home the emotion Yes, they do pack that punch most times. Because a lot of the time, I think teachers deserve the kind of level of absolute emotional respect that they get in some of the more mainstream teacher movies. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we've all had teachers in our past that we have deeply, deeply respected and, you know, wished had a influence yeah. or oh, not wished had an influence but wished had a celebration that people like mr holland have yeah. in this movie at the end we we wish teachers we wish some teachers in our would lives get celebrated in would, that way <laughs> exactly exactly and goodness me was it heavy on the emotion? Now, you made another good point last week, because last week we were talking about Wildcats, a movie that, you know, maybe is maybe isn't so emotional while having a good story to it. It's not necessarily kind of tug on your heartstrings emotional. Yeah. We very rarely seem to do massively emotional movies on Morgan Hasn't Seen. And yeah, this, we really don't. This is quite this movie's quite unique in that way. In the fact that it's basically two and a quarter hours of Oh God, this is so wholesome. <laughs> Did you cry, Morgan? Yes, yeah, several thousand times. <laughs> I am one to get teary in a movie, Janine. I really am. I do not understand some people that just don't. Because I really do. It what? movies are there to emotionally manipulate you, and <laughs> the good ones do it well. Well, I appreciate and you. Therefore, make you cry. Well, I appreciate you being open to to share that you you did shed some tears. Well, I don't know what the issue is. Why <clears throat> why would that be an issue? I don't know. There's a lot of male ego in this world that just you know. Nonsense, I, I refer to that as. <laughs> yes, Janine. it is. It is tons of nonsense. But 
as we all know. How do you not cry at this movie? I don't know. You have to Surely this is why you picked the movie. I did. Everyone needs, is... a, everyone needs a good cry every now and then. I mean, it's an Oscar-nominated movie. This is Richard Dreyfus, Best yeah. Actor Oscar-nominated for yeah. this movie. And, oh God, was it deserved. He is... I mean... Movies like this feel a little bit kind of Oscar-y anyway, don't mm -hmm. they? You know, set over a long period of time. You, you know, we see the same character grow throughout the decades in these little time frames. Oh, look at this special thing he did in 1965. Oh, look at this other special thing he did in i think it's 69 is it and then we'll look at this other one in 1980 or we'll look at this other one in 1995 and it's the whole story of mr holland and his music class that he doesn't originally even really want to teach because he's a serious composer janine he doesn't want to fall back on teaching yeah so we open this movie with him uh, you know, his wife waking him up. They seem like a newlywed couple, small little apartment, really trying to start their lives together. And she's forcibly waking him up um, for his first day of teaching. Um, he explains that, you know, it's the thing you do. You, you know, just get your teaching credentials as a backup, you know, as somebody who has uh, gone an artistic route with school and things like that. I've heard that many a time from my own mother to just get your teaching credentials back up. So that felt very familiar to me. Well, the and, thing is, it's know, not a bad idea, is it? No, it makes sense. But then he kind of laments that, you know, I did this as a backup and now I'm doing my backup, which then in, in your mind of, you know, your artistic mind, you can feel maybe like a failure. So you already open this movie kind of having him feel like he's already kind of failed at his dream, right? Um, yes. he wants to compose music. He wants to be a big time, you know, music maker. And he's now on his fallback, which means he hasn't really succeeded in what he's planned to do. So now he's teaching and he's See, not excited about it. He hates it. He has no passion for it um, because it's not what he really wants to do. No, but you see, that's why for me that teaching is such a good fallback for any artist because teaching is a massively respectable thing you know it's not like you fall back to being well i don't know i mean any job's respectable isn't it but teachers like you inf you do influence other people's lives the yeah. same as any artist does any teacher I mean, the bad teachers obviously negatively influence people's lives, but you're still having influence on people's lives. So if that is kind of your, what you want to get out of life, I suppose, is to have influence on other people's lives, whether it's creative influence or an emotional influence. Um, and I would imagine, you know, an artist's point of view, a creative's point of view, I, I some somewhat, know this myself i want to have creative influence on people's lives and emotional influence on people's lives and i'm sure you are the same and mr holland is obviously the same yeah but he but can I still think... have that whilst teaching 
But I think it's clear when he starts this whole journey, um, he's not thinking about that. He's not thinking no, about the way he can that. touch a life and the way he can teach some somebody about his passion and make them passionate about it as well. I don't even, that is not even in his mind. His mind is, is literally on the fact that I failed. I'm now on my backup. I have to do this in order to just make a living. And yeah. so I'm just going to show up every day and do what I got to do and go home. And I love that uh, Olympia Dukakis is principal. She actually calls him out on that. She's like, I've been watching you, Mr. Holland. And I see you sprint to the parking lot faster than some of these kids. Like, you know, and he just thinks she's a terrible person, just criticizing him. He gets very defensive. He's like, get um, out, Ron. get out. He's like, this Ron. woman is the like But when she calls him out, he gets very defensive and is like, I show up every day. I do my job and I go home. And she tells him, you know, you're not really doing your job. You're showing up here. Yes, you're present, but you're not really present. So, you know, I think it takes some different moments to really kick his butt into gear into seeing that he could make an impact. Um, I think probably the first student we see him really do that with is um, a girl who plays the clarinet. And he yes. sees it, and he Gertrude offers to, Lang. Yes. I and the he, name. He, uh, yeah, I'm very impressed. Um, he sees how what much it means to her that she wants to be good at something. You know, she talks about how her dad's a great singer and her mom is like a great baker and her brother is great at like all everyone in her family has something they're amazing at and she, you know, is not. So she wants to be good at something. So when he offers, he sees her kind of struggling, he offers just kind of casually to help give her extra lessons after school. And you know, that's kind of, I think, where it kicks off, where he sees what he can do for somebody. Yes, and this is the thing, I think, with Mr. Holland. And to be honest, Richard Dreyfus plays it so wonderfully because he's very good at having a kind of, uh, should we say, distant exterior whilst having the biggest heart inside of him. Yes. Like, that he just can't help but showcasing. Yes. You know, like, like, even even if he's, like you say, he's, he's in this teaching job, he's not massively interested at this point in this teaching job, right at the start of his teaching career. But he's still the same person. He's still yeah. the same wholesome, heartfelt, sweet man that he just can't help helping a girl he sees struggling and the clarinet as well janine the clarinet is such a sultry musical instrument <laughs> i love the sound of the clarinet yes my sister played the clarinet uh, for years um is this why you love this movie so much because you are admittedly in your family a you you all kind of had musical childhoods <laughs> Well, yes, my my brother played the saxophone. He was not oh. very he was not very committed or any good. Um, oh, that's but, not the saxophone <laughs> as well. Isn't the sultriest music musical he was, instrument. He as was well. not that great. But my sister, she played the clarinet. She played the flute. But it was never a huge commitment there for her either. She really got more into doing percussion, as we do see a whole percussion montage with a character later in this movie. Yeah. Um. So she was pretty good at percussion and sang in the jazz band and things like that. I was in okay. orchestra. So I played the violin. I played the cello. Um, so yeah, the, dealing with music teachers and kind of seeing that whole dynamic, definitely something that drew me to this movie um, in the first place. Because I had been playing, I 
started playing the violin in in sixth grade. And I played it from the sixth grade all the way to my senior year where I switched to the cello like that last year. Um, so, Well, that's got to be like crazy to do. Because well, yeah. the violin's all tiny and up to your chin. Exactly. And, kind of, and then you just dealt with this massive kind of thwonk of a cello in front of you. Well, you just go, I was, yeah, it was the cello. It was <laughs> very weird. That. I had played the, the violin from sixth grade to 11th grade. And then the next year we were low on cello players. And my teacher asked me, you know, she saw something in me that thought I was capable enough to make that big switch. And she asked me, would you be willing to switch to cello? We need more cello players. You know, I was kind of a middle of the road. I was like fourth chair of, you know, so like the first two chairs were really good. I was, you know, always bouncing between third and fourth chair in in, okay. in, in, in the violin. So I wasn't bad of i think maybe eight chairs so okay um yeah so i was maybe third or fourth chair and the first two people were like really really good um so for the my teacher to see something in me i think you would be capable of making the switch to cello and i actually really loved the cello but i didn't own a cello after that so i kind of fell off of that after so i feel really sad about that because i put a lot of work into learning it and i actually felt like i got pretty good at it um only to now kind of have lost all that knowledge so i would love to get back into playing the cello at some point in my life because i really so loved it. you would but, um, you would not now be able to pick up a violin i i could i could pick up a violin and kind of have that muscle memory but like i, I don't think i'd be as good as i was back then okay. so it's definitely so like I, I i do have a violin and i've picked it up a few times and and have tried to like play and so i like i can still do my vibrato i can still i know what the notes are and all is, of those things that muscle, that, i don't that know if i memory. remember i don't know if i remember that, how to read the music and the cello music is different i literally yeah. had to do this weird thing to teach myself the cello notes and like you know it was a lot but i would love to delve back into that because i absolutely loved loved playing the violin and the cello well i'm gonna be your mr holland because i think you should <laughs> because i don't think muscle memory doesn't leave you yeah. muscle memory does not leave you like if i had it a cello take... I, I would still know how to play the strings and how to yeah. do the vibrato and all of that but i don't know that i would know how to like the notes and how to play things but it would take you a hell of a lot less time than somebody who didn't know yeah, how to exactly. play the cello yeah so if i had like a teacher who was helping me out i i probably could get back into the flow of things in a very short period of time I if i had a mr holland trombone what Yes, did you not know this? No, didn't last didn't. very long. But were yeah, you any good? probably about <laughs> probably about a year. Were you any? Good I want to say. Combo? I mean, not particularly. <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, imagine like I want to say eight-year-old me playing a big trombone, and not yeah. like a fun jazzy trombone, like a proper like brass band trombone. Where it's just kind of very. (laughs) I remember playing uh, the Umpa Lumpa song on the trombone. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's made for the trombone. Oh my God. But yeah, yeah, I used to play the trombone. So I also have somewhat of a music lesson history, although not as interesting as yours. And certainly not as interesting as those that involved Mr. Holland. 
Yeah. And uh, and and the lovely clarinet that yes. is the first big kind of and teaching moment. So teaching yeah, moment. I like... he has influence on this student, and it's our first kind of tug at the heartstrings. He's helping people. He does care. Yes. So on top of uh, Olympia Dukakis's principal actually like calling him out and telling him, you know, you need to be doing more. Like you are a teacher. That is an important special thing, and you need to care. I um her kind of put giving him (laughs) Olympia Dukakis. It makes absolutely no sense to me as a human being's name, (laughs) and I love it. It is just a series of sounds. <laughs> Olympia Dukakis. Okay, well, we'll call her Miss Principal Jacobs. That's her name. No, I love it. No, I lo- <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. I love it. Uh, so yes, she does get him kind of in that mindset too. You know, like this is a very important job. You could do some amazing things here. When, like, the most of the time, he was just kind of, "I'm here. I'm showing up. That's all I need to do." Like scenes of him trying to teach these kids stuff, and they just wouldn't care. He's not really trying to engage with them. He's just reading p- things out of a book. He's not trying yeah. to, you know, relate to them on any kind of level. Um, and so then he has a uh, uh, Gertrude who wants to be good at this. She's trying really hard. She's practicing. He's he's practicing with her after school every day. She's trying and he tells her to kind of just give it up, not in a way of like quit, but just like give it up for the day. Like we're done. Um, yeah. And she just starts breaking down into tears. And he's like, well, no, I didn't mean it like that. She's like, no, it's just the fact that, you know, everyone in my family is good at something. And I really wanted to be good at this. I really wanted to try, um, but I just can't do it. And she kind of leaves her clarinet, runs off. Um, she comes back in to apologize and say she's quitting and he makes her sit down and talks to her about it and really kind of shares his passion of music with her. And he asks her, you know, why do you like music? And he, she says, because, you know, what do you like about this song? And he plays like, you know, a song of the times. He plays Louie Louie. Louie Louie, right? So then she says, I like it because it's fun. And so he tries to remind her that like, this is why you're doing this because it's fun. And so he has her sit down and he, you know, she's, she gets frustrated every time she gets to a certain part of the song and she, and she messes up and he tells her like, just stop, like stop stressing about it. Just, you know, relax. What did, when you look in the mirror every day, what do you see that you love about yourself? And she says her hair, because her dad says it looks like a sunrise and he's like, play the sun or sunset. And, um, he tells her to play the sunset and she actually plays it and she gets with the song and she's really excited and he realizes wow I actually connected with her I actually helped her through this I reminded her why you know she loves music I'm reminded why I love music and he has his first kind of big breakthrough in where he actually kind of you see him fall in love a little bit with teaching Yes, and, and it's um, what sets off the whole rest of the movie yeah. and his attitude for the whole rest of the movie. Yes. I think this would be a movie that some people, frankly, couldn't stand watching. And I'll explain why. Yeah, and I mean anything. that in the sense <laughs> that it is mind-bogging, mind-bogglingly emotionally manipulative. Yeah. In terms of it knows exactly when it wants you to start crying. And God damn it, it's going to make you start crying right at right the moment away. it wants you to. <laughs> yeah. And for 
people who like movies like that, for people who let themselves get sucked into that kind of thing, which is always quite nice to do. Sometimes it's nice and cathartic. Sometimes it's nostalgic in, you know, your sense of being a music student as a child. Sometimes it's just about liking a good movie. Yes. But you allow yourself to get in there. This is a really, really impactful movie to watch this is a really really enjoyable movie to watch you feel moved by this movie if you allow it to do that to you but i can see why people would be incredibly turned off by it because it's kind of 175 percent sappy sap 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 yes it's constantly emotionally manipulative um but I don't mind that. <laughs> no. Um, so as we kind of go on, we see him kind of find this spark with teaching. You know, his yeah. students aren't really paying attention. So he kind of goes to them. Okay, well, what kind of music do you like? And he asks them, you know, and he talks to them about what, what their interests are. He plays a piece of music and asks them if they know what it is. And uh, they tell him, and he compares it to a classical piece, and that's how he kind of engages with them. He relates he relates something modern that they know to something that is part of music history, and he when he makes that connection, they get really interested. And I love yes. that he goes home and he talks to his wife Iris, and he's like, like you, he see all these conversations of him after days of school at the start. He comes home and he's complaining to Iris about how the principal's just she's also out of her depth, and why is she coming for him, and all of this stuff. And these kids just don't care, and this is terrible, and I hate this so much, and I have to get up early, and these kids don't care, and you know. And now after he's related with Gertrude, after now he's kind of made this connection with the kids, um, and found a way to get music to them in a way that makes sense to them he's coming home beaming to iris his wife about oh my gosh they were all raising their hands and they had so many questions and they were so excited and engaged and it was great and you i love seeing him fall in love with teaching um, yeah and surely that's just exactly what you want as a teacher yeah like i in the back of my mind i've always loved the idea of doing a bit of teaching like what that would be yeah. What I would teach, I, I've had my ideas. I'm not. I wouldn't necessarily say them now because people would laugh at me. But I like the idea of doing it because I like. I'm very similar to kind of. I think Mr. Holland in this way, in the sense that I want to positively influence people. That's what I like doing. Yeah, and I, I know that might be a that. bit like I, that. Might be a bit. Ooh aren't you being controlling? But no. I think <laughs> I you would be good at that. Like that. I think you would be good at that. But I do I do really like it. So scenes like that are just as emotional for me as the more typical kind of big music swelling. Uh, we, have, we have hit a breakthrough scenes. Yeah. It's those smaller scenes where he's just kind of finally... Or, or totally passionate about actually what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, so, it, and we do see little moments of him also. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, um, no, no. But we do see moments of him also kind of still working on his, you know, big 
piece of music, his big opus. Um, the, you know, the title of the movie, Mr. Yes. Holland's Opus. It's, so it's, it's there present throughout the entire yes. thing. So we just see casual moments when he has a, a second, he's just tinkering away at his his opus, his, his masterpiece of music it's that he's been symphony. working on. Yes. So over time, we see him kind of working here and there and then things happening in his life, kind of stopping him from making anything happen with that. So, you know, he is teaching. So that's kind of a derailment of of his, his music. Then... Yes. Um, well, he has a song... <laughs> Iris gets pregnant and he has to teach, you know, uh, driver's ed in the summers so that, you know, he was going to compose all summer, but he's yeah. now he's t- driving teacher's ed so that he can buy them a house. Um, yeah. He gets d- all deep into more of his teaching. So then that derails it even further. Um, now his son is born and yeah, then they ask him to, <laughs> to uh, start up a marching band for the school um so lots of things just start kind of coming at him all at once that just kind of kick his opus to the side to you know he doesn't really get the chance to work on it like he wants to um so then he gets into doing this marching band thing and one of his friends at the school the football coach this um, is several years after again this is a kind of so we do do this time jump about four times i think it does a time jump yes so we start kind of what in the early sixties and then go. We start in sixty five. We end yeah. in ninety five. Okay. So we see him. the The football coach has the student, and he wants him to, you know, get into to the band. He wants, yes. you know, Mister Holland to help him, you know, find some more discipline, find some focus. And he's like, I want him to be in the band. So give him some kind of focus here. Um. And what so, a surprise. Look who it is. It is Terrence Howard. <laughs> it's Terrence Howard. A, young, a very young Terrence Howard. And so he's like, well, what instrument do you want to play? And he's like, how about the tuba? Tubas are for fat guys. You know, he wants to play something cool. Um, I mean, he's like, what about an electric guitar? Yeah, I don't think we could carry the, you know, in a marching the, band. the amp in a marching band. So he's like, okay, how about the drums? He's like, oh, yeah, the drums. And it's not like the drums. It's like a big snare. Like, yeah, it's a, a marching band drum where <laughs> yes. he has to wear on his back. Yes. So we get to see some of the first rehearsals and he's totally off the beat. He's totally lost. So then we get this great montage to a great song of Mr. Holland trying to help this kid find the rhythm. Um, So this is where we get another kind of big teaching moment where he really bonds with this kid and helps him find the beat. Um, Only to then, you know, they're now it's the next practice they're practicing and Mr. Holland stops the whole rehearsal to congratulate him on finally finding the beat. And you see how excited he is. And he's like, just so proud of himself. And it's like such a really sweet moment that, um, uh, you know, in in the, the the Terrence Howard movies we've done in the past, you mean, or, or movies at least where Terrence Howard has shown up in them? Yes, it has always seemed to me like Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard's characters are just kind of not very nice people, <laughs> generally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's good in the movies. And I, I don't think this is a reflection on necessarily Terrence Howard himself. But then again, it also might be. Yeah, maybe. Because of how some people think Terrence Howard is in real life. I, I still like Terrence Howard as, as an actor. Um, 
this might actually be one of his more tame roles, one of his at least more pleasant roles that we've covered on more than hasn't seen. This is young Terrence Howard, so... It is young Terrence Howard. So probably before he's built up this reputation. (laughs) Um. His reputation, I mean, he's still got his stupid moustache, though. Yeah, a little bit. He, He never... He never quite, he's never quite got rid of that, has he? No, I mean, I don't think it's so super prevalent here. Um, but then uh, I can see it. <laughs> you're bit. looking for it. You're looking. For I am looking. It. I was looking for it. I was saying, where's the mustache? You have, you have a mustache bar. Um, so <laughs> then we do see this big kind of school parade and the marching band and they are amazing and they're playing modern music and Mr. Holland's like, you know, really having a great time. His wife and Cole are in the crowd. Um, yes, Cole, the son. Yes, we see, um, you know, Terrence Howard just having a blast with his drum and his dad and his mom are like, that's my son. Yeah. Like, so, you know, he's finally taught him, you know, something, you know, yeah. g- giving this kid uh, some drive. Um, so then a uh, fire truck is coming in the parade and a big horn goes off and all of the kids are like crying and covering their ears and it's loud. And Iris looks down to baby Cole and he's not reacting at all. He's fast asleep. The loud sound has not disturbed him at all. And that gets her thinking. Um, and she really, they realize that Cole is deaf. So can you imagine being just someone to, just to have the emotional gut punch? Yes. That you are somebody in the movie. You are somebody whose music is a, the the biggest part of their life, and your son can't hear. Like, yeah, what that must mean to have a, a music teacher, somebody who loves music, who that is their biggest passion in this whole world, and your child is deaf and cannot hear music in a traditional sense. What I appreciated about this movie, having looked up a, a, a bit of the stuff about it, is every person that was in this movie who played a deaf character was actually deaf. Yeah, appreciate that. So I appreciated that because there was quite a lot of, um, quite a, quite a very positive message, I suppose, about, yeah. you know, deafness. And even in the 60s and 70s, kind of seeing how people approached it, like they go to the specialist and he's telling them, uh, don't engage with him if he's making these gestures, just kind of talk to him normally and like kind of talking about Cole like he's dumb or like, you know, so then when Iris has that big moment, like you, your heart breaks for her. Yeah, she's like, I can't, yeah, like I can't tell my son that I love him. I can't, I don't understand what he needs. Like, I want to be able to, I don't care how much it costs to send him to the school to learn sign language. I don't care what it costs. Like, I want to talk to my son. I can't relate to him in any kind of way. He barely speaks now. Um, At this point, it seems like Cole is maybe like five years old. Yeah. Um, So the fact that Iris just has this huge breakdown and it causes arguments between them over, you know, what to do uh, about Cole um, that is just another like big emotional gut punch. So when uh, when Iris has this whole, that whole scene, um, I absolutely love that actress. I know she recently passed away. Oh, didn't she? Um, that was, yeah, uh, uh, Glenn, Glenn Headley. 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 Yeah. It's like Lena Headey. Nobody knows how to say the last name. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I absolutely love the scene with her, just kind of really putting it out there that she wants to be able to communicate with her her child. Um. The the thing is that the movie's built on these kind of 
crescendos always used to mean yes. music terminology. That's perfect. It, it's, That's perfect. It, it's built on these crescendos of emotion that rise and fall from yeah. the an absolute explosion like this scene with Iris and, and the kind of explosion of emotion of I want to talk to my son or the explosion of moments uh, of emotion when he has moments of teaching genius. Yeah. And then it fades back down and then it comes back up and then it fades back down and then well, it comes yeah. back up and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger up until we get to the really final comes back down and then really goes back up to end the movie. It's, yes. To, to be horrendously metaphorical about it, the movie's a symphony of its own. Ooh. Oh, oh my God. Oh, but it kind of is. I'm not even just, I'm not even like joking there. It kind of, that's how it plays. Yeah. And surely that's a, you know, surely that is a meaningful choice that has been made to, to structure this movie this way, to play this movie this way, to make it actually feel like this symphony and i know you might be rolling your eyes when i say that but <laughs> watch the movie no, it definitely feel equates. like it doesn't feel like that it does um and so like over time you see him kind of be dismissive of cole um maybe oh, not yes, intentionally maybe. just like he can't hear so he can't relate to my passion there's no way i can find to to relate to him on that level he's my son i love him but you know i can't really share this music thing with him and he already he immediately dismisses that whole concept when he i mean one of the actually most really emotional scenes in this whole movie for me was kind of right after they find out cole is deaf and he teaches this class on beethoven oh yeah beethoven obviously famously deaf but certainly was not born deaf you know kind of became deaf as he later so he had heard because somebody asked in the class you know if he had never heard a c how would he know that's what he wanted to be played and yes. then, you know, he does the have fact this realization of the moment. He did know. He did know because he had heard. But like, unlike Hit Cole, who will never hear a C, he will never know what that sounds like. But my God, Richard Dreyfus plays that so painfully. Wow. Yes. It's perfect. And when it comes to even, you know, the parents' involvement, like they go to the school and the lady's telling them, you know, we have classes for parents so they can learn how to sign and it'll be difficult for you. It'll be easy for Cole because, you know, young minds are can absorb, you know, yeah. knowledge much quicker. Um, and so you, you just kind of see Iris really intrigued and wanting to learn and him just feeling like, oh, my gosh, this is just another thing that's going to pull me away from my music. It's another thing that's going to bog me down. Another thing I have to do. Um, so, you know, we do see moments where Iris is like completely fluent at a certain point when Cole gets older yeah. and, and, uh, you know, Glenn, uh, uh, Mr. Holland is, is struggling. He doesn't know certain words. He needs Iris to interpret, you know, he's not as good. He didn't put the time into it like she did because he has so many other things that he's putting his focus into. Um, so it, it, balance is difficult, Janine. Yes. We learned that with, uh, Wildcats. Um, uh, but, um. You know, it's felt by Iris, it's felt by Cole, and I don't think he really acknowledges that. It, it's clear, you know, to them, and they tell him several times that it feels like you care about more about teaching your students than teaching your own son, because you just automatically write off that he's not going to understand what you love or care about what you care about, like these other kids, because he can't hear. So the yeah. fact that he's kind of unintentionally dismissive of his own son is really hard to see. And 
you know, he gets a little bit selfish with things and he gets very defensive when he gets called out about it. And then it kind of comes to a head. Uh, Cole is like a teenager now. And um, yes, there's I think this is in 1980, isn't it? When John, John Lennon. Lennon. So John, it's the day John Lennon was shot and killed. And he comes home. He's very sad as somebody who loves music as everyone who loved this man, you know, for what he brought to music and the world and everything. Um, he comes home very sad and, you know, he sees that Cole got into a fight and, you know, Cole kind of picks up on the fact that he's kind of down about something and he asks his dad, you know, what's wrong? And he tells him, oh, John Lennon died. And, you know, Cole kind of makes a joke and, you know, his dad tells him it's not, it's not funny, Cole, like, you know, you wouldn't understand. And so when he says that, he kind of walks away. And Cole gets pissed, rightfully so. He does. Yeah, Cole has his explosion of emotion. Yes. So he tells him, like, why do you write me up? Why do you think I wouldn't know what that means to you? Why do you think I don't know anything about music or who people are? I know who John Lennon is. I know what he meant to music. I know what he meant to you. But you just don't even give me that chance to understand that. So Iris is interpreting all of the things that he's saying. And he just blows up at his dad and tells him, you care more about teaching other kids than you do about me. And, you know, really makes him see it makes him hear him and then he yeah. calls him an asshole <laughs> he walks off um In sign language as well yes. which i don't think i'll ever forget that yeah now. he's like what does this mean iris and she's like it means asshole and she walks off although i suppose um, there's different sign language you know there's asl isn't there american sign language and there's yeah. also bsl british oh, sign yeah. language which i don't know how similar they yeah. are to each other i mean i'm sure you just have signs for your slang words and things like asshole. probably they're probably a bit different um but um yeah he finally puts that into perspective for him that like you know of course I want you to share your passions with me and the fact that you don't hurts me so much and he's like you know so then that prompts him to realize what he's done over, over this period of time with his son and so he goes to the school and he talks to the deaf school lady about hey well what can I do to what do you think would help um, interpret music for deaf people and he puts on this concert with lights and like, you know, um, strong sounds and vibrations and things like that so that the, the deaf kids at the school can actually experience the music. Yeah. He certainly, it takes that. And it took, it took a heavy bit of emotion in the first place for him to realize teaching was worthwhile. Yeah. And it takes a heavy bit of emotion in this case for him to realize that, you know, for him to come to the realization that he shouldn't be looking down on his own son yes. in this way when it comes to music, because there's no need to, because there are ways of overcoming it. And like, you're a teacher, your job is to teach, but your ultimate job, the child you should be really kind of focused on teaching the most is your own. And he yeah. has not done that. So I, I love that it took, you know, a huge emotional punch for him to, to face that. And he did. It just feels very, it feels so very human and so very real. Yes. That, uh, like a, you know, it's not sugarcoated at all. Like no. Mr. Holland is our lead character. But we see the flaws in him that he's kind of let things distract him from what's important. And people call him out at every turn. The principal called him out for being a lackluster teacher. And that kicked his ass into gear to, to want to be better. And then he had these really fulfilling moments. You know, 
Cole and Iris coming at him and telling him how he's been neglecting them and the family and his son and not yeah. really investing uh, any kind of relationship with his son when it comes to his passions. And that, you know, kicked his ass into gear on that front as well. So then we have this beautiful moment with this concert at the school and he's, he signs, he sings beautiful boy to his son um, in sign language. And uh, yeah, that moment always makes me cry. Too. It is. It's, it's <laughs> so, so sweet and heartfelt. It is just, it, it shows the kind of man Mr. Holland is. And again, yeah. Richard Dreyfus is just playing it absolutely flawlessly. Yeah. But he might be flawed as a man, but he's got a massive heart inside of him. Yeah. A massive heart. And that comes out at every turn, at every chance it gets to come out. You know, when, it, when, the, when a decision could be made, whether it comes out or not, yeah. It always comes out. Yeah. And it's so nice to see where his relationship with Olympia Dukakis, the principal, ends when she retires. It's, you know, we see that start off as her calling him out, but it ends as they are so, they are such good friends with each other they respect yeah. each other so deeply at this to point, the point yeah. where she kind of secretly tells him he's her favorite he's her favorite yeah. um there's even a point earlier when like when we were talking earlier about how he you know after he makes this breakthrough with gertrude he finds a way to connect with the kids on their type of music so then he starts like playing like rock and roll music on the piano yeah and william h macy who's the kind of obnoxious oh. stickler for the rules vice principal runs down the one. hall to see what's going on and he snitches on mr holland about why if he's there's playing one rock person and roll in i hate in this movie janine it's goddamn it william h macy stupid haircut yes he's the worst so he goes, he sees Mr. Holland's playing rock and roll music and he goes and snitches to the principal. And I love that conversation. She has, you know, there are, she, she doesn't pick a side one way or the other, but she's straightforward about it. She's like, I have parents telling me that rock and roll is from the devil and this and that. We have a school board meeting. If this comes up, what, what should I tell them, Mr. Holland? So she puts him on the spot and he says, you know, if I have to use rock and roll to teach these kids to love music, you know, classical, whatever I need to use, whether it be, you know, Beethoven or, you know, rock and roll, I'm going to use it to teach these kids to get through to them and to make them love music. And she's like, I can tell them that. And that's, that's the end of it. Um, so little William H. Mason is all snitching. William <laughs> H. Mason's sat there in the corner going, <laughs> exactly. So like moments like that, she trusts him. She sees that like, you know, his passion has become a genuine thing after watching him for so long and seeing him kind of be very lackluster about it and kind of seeing the drive that has pushed him to this point. Um, I do think, yeah. I do think it's full of such good casting, this movie. And yes. I do really appreciate William H. Macy in that role because it is such a William H. Macy <laughs> it role. It's perfect for him. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect for him. He, he plays the uptight, authoritative father figure that's just got no love in him whatsoever. So well. Yeah. He just does. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so yeah, I really love the bond between um, 
Olympia Dukakis and, 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 and Richard Dreyfuss in this movie. And like by the end, you know, it's kind of her last year. She's retiring. She tells him he's her favorite teacher. And she did give him this whole speech about be a compass for these students, be yeah. a way to, to lead them to, you know, some positive things. And so she gives him a compass as a gift. And it's, it's very sweet. Oh, it's all very metaphorical, Janine. Yes. So we continue kind of through time with Mr. Holland. Um, he's getting a little bit older, and oh, well, we did miss we did miss I think an important part of the movie, which is a very sad death. Yes, we did, we did. Um, yes, so we do have a scene where two students are kind of fighting. One of them being Forrest Whitaker's brother. <laughs> um, Yes, it does look a lot like Forrest Whitaker. I always thought, I'm like, who is this, like, de-aged Forrest Whitaker? And it turns out it's his brother. <laughs> um, he, um, these two students are fighting. And um, he kind of tells them, you know, you're wasting your time. Like, uh, and one of the students, like, feels like this class is a waste of space. He just, like, read the book and has the book memorized, but he hasn't really absorbed anything about you know music or anything like that so then mr holland gets word that terrence howard you know he did go off to war and he was killed vietnam i think it is yes so um there he takes the kid who's over here like not really caring about anything and takes him to this funeral and tells him you know this kid you know he wasn't the brightest um so knowing that he didn't have quite the knowledge he he put he invested his time into working hard and he worked really hard to to be good at at playing this drum and it meant something to him and so he kind of puts that perspective and this is another teaching moment and we do yeah. see that this guy later in a in a little moment um at the end. so you know he just takes the student to this funeral and tells him you know this is a kid who didn't really care but you know he learned to to love music. He put he invested the hard work into it, and it made him feel good about himself and all of these things. And so he does have a, he uses that Terrence Howard moment to be a teachable moment for another student. So yes, we did yeah. we did skip over that. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's things, also there's also like a, a school production that gets put on as well. That's just a, yes, more so examples of doing that, isn't there? We are seeing but, things of of. That that age old kind of um, school needs to save money. What do we cut yes. first? The music programs. Football is the, the same football, programs. but we're going to cut all the arts. So because they want to do creativity, Janine, exactly. apart from everybody. Yes. So they do want to do a big musical end of year thing. And William H. Macy is telling them because now, you know, uh, Olympia Dukakis is retired. So now he's a principal. So yeah. he's telling them they just don't have the budget. They don't have money, this and that. Um, so then they and come up with this whole idea of let's do a Gershwin like uh, uh, medley, you know, so yes. we don't, we're not doing one. We can use the sets from last year, um, the costumes from last year and just do like these different little vignettes of different Gershwin songs. Um, it'll save money. The coach, he's like, you know, I, I took ballet to be more graceful on the field so I can teach my football players how to dance and they can be in production. Um, I, I appreciate that the fact everybody that coming together to, to make this happen, to protect well, the yes. arts. And yeah, it was, it, that's a fun moment. 
But I also appreciate the fact that this one high school has had the same guy coaching football for 30 years. Right? And he doesn't seem to age very He doesn't. He doesn't age like anywhere near as much as Richard Drivers. They tried to do some little aging stuff on Richard Drivers and William H. Macy and even like the, uh, the, the, um, theater teacher but this coach yeah. they just kind of put a little gray in his hair that's like about it um, richard dreyfus in the last you know kind of in the 1995 time of this movie kind of looks like richard dreyfus now <laughs> yeah exactly um so they put on this production and they're doing the auditions and trying to find people and this beautiful young woman named rowena comes in and she sings gorgeous and, you know, in working with Mr. Holland and talking to him and like them kind of relating over their passion with music, um, you know, he finds something that, and I think this is all before his fight with Cole and his bonding with Cole. This all happens before that, I believe. Oh, so, yes. Is this in yes. the, am I in the wrong time? Yes. We, we, we skipped over the Cole stuff happens after this. So in this time, things with him and Iris are very strained because he's, you know, investing in his students more. He's working a lot. He's kind of trying to do his own music when he can. He's kind of distant with Cole because, you know, Cole can't, he feels like Cole can't relate to his music. Um, it's And it's causing strain with him and Iris. You know, like Iris wanted him to be at Cole's science fair. Cole wanted him to be there and he skipped it for some music thing. So before he, he makes amends with Cole and all of that and the music and singing him the song and all of that, things are really strained between Cole and Iris and, and Mr. Holland. So he's delves into this musical. This is kind of where his focus is and that causes more strife between them. And this beautiful young woman, Rowena is, is, you know, in awe of Mr. Holland, uh, his passion and uh, the music he puts together and how he, he plays and everything. So she kind a of a little bit of unnecessary infatuation. Going yeah. On. So she gets very infatuated with Mr. Holland. She kind of falls in love with him. And somebody who kind of sees his music. So then he starts working on this, this theme. He has no name for it. He just is working on this theme. And she wants to, him to play it for her. And he plays it for her and she sings along with it. And he's just kind of entranced himself a little bit. And the fact that like, you know, he's, you know, obviously Iris and Cole have every right to feel like he is dismissing them for his work. He is not supportive. He's not being there for his son, all of these things. But he, in his defensive mind, is thinking he's justified in, and, and he's seeing it in a way of, they're just, they just don't care about my music. They don't yes. care about my music. That's how he's seeing it, instead of seeing their perspective. So when this beautiful young woman is telling him she sees his music, she appreciates it, she thinks he's a genius, that gets in his head a little bit and he gets a little kind of, you know, his ego is, gets a little stroked with that whole situation. It does, but I'm just so thankful that the movie didn't go all out. Mr. Holland's having a scandalous, yeah, scandalous affair. affair. Yeah, so Mr. Holland never does anything explicit. No, 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 no. There's no scandalous does, affair. He does let himself kind of fall into her infatuation of him. He does. Um, you know, and... Like she wants to I'm spend extra time rehearsing and all of these things. So then um, it's the night before the final night of the show. And, and he does end up naming the theme Rowena's theme. And, you know, there is a kind of obviously a little bit of feelings on his end because when his wife asks him about, she hears him playing it. And she asks him, who's Rowena? 
And he says, oh, she's like some Greek goddess, some name I heard somewhere. And then his wife goes to this final night of the mm-hmm. show and she sees in the program this girl singing. Who's this girl singing? Her name is Rowena. So then, you know, she's kind of like, what is going on here? So before that, this final night of the show, Rowena tells him, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be a singer. You know, yeah. come, I'm leaving this town. If I don't go now, I'll never go. Um, come with me, Mr. Holland. I know you have a wife and a son, but you know, we, you know, you can come with me and you can compose your beautiful music and become famous. A little, little, little bit of an unreasonable request there. Rowena, yes. You know. you know, but I think she kind of knows maybe there's strife with that. that there might be strife there, Rowena, but yes. you, you know, come on. I mean, how big headed <laughs> can you possibly can you be? That Mr. Holland's going to leave his whole life, his wife and his child for you. Um, but also his dream. It might be very up. nice, Rowena, but you know. <laughs> yes. But I think she also sees, you know, he's given up his dream as well to compose yeah. to become you know you know he could be a big composer there people knew what he could do so she kind of tempts him with this whole come with me meet me at the train station at midnight blah blah whatever so you know she does he does go and he meets her there and she gets very excited and thinks he's going to come with her and then he tells her he's not going to he's not going with her oh no but he, nice you know, goodbye. he continues to be a teacher to her and tells her, you know, he encourages her and wishes her the best and kisses her on the cheek and, it's an you know, amiable goodbye. Yes. So nothing super scandalous, but you know, no. you kind of low key know that he's in a vulnerable place with how he's feeling about things in his life. So he kind of entertained the thought a little bit, especially when but you see that he lied about naming a theme for this girl. Yes. Know? It's just another example of him being flawed and human, which is what makes him a great protagonist. And it's what makes this movie so much more impactful. And yes, let us round out this episode now with the 1995 the biggest stuff. crescendo. So, you it's, know, we get this the, Oh, it, it's all been building up to this, Janine. William H. Macy, William H. Macy. Finally gets his way. Yes. After 30 years, there's no more arts at the school. Yes. Music out. Budget Art out. Drama out. We see, you know, he wants to meet with him. And we see the the drama teacher leaving the office in tears. In the most boring, in the most boring possible way ever. I I believe William H. Macy at one point says, if I'm going to choose, um, between my students uh, being creative or knowing long division, I'm choosing long long division. division. Shut up, William H. Macy. Get out of my face with long division, sir. Yes. So he tells me that, you know, division. I don't even remember. Yeah. Like it's like reading, writing in long division. I choose long division. Um, Oh, long. (laughs) Nobody's ever done long division outside of school. William H. Macy, unless you're like a physicist. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> exactly. So he he tells him, you know, he's cutting the music because there's no money in the budget, this and that, whatever. And, you know, there's a picture of Principal Jacobs there. And he's like, Jacobs, if she was here, she would have fought this. And he's like, she would have lost. He's like, yes, she would have lost, but she would have fought this. And so will You're I. You moron. Smart. So I love and then, that. And I love that. Like, he knows what he's up st- against. He knows it's 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 useless to fight, but he's still gonna fight for it. And I yeah. love that. And I loved him invoking 
Olympia Dukakis all these years later as well. Um, I would so have then, liked it better if Richard Dreyfus would have smacked William H. Macy. I know, face. that would have been great. Um, but he's old at this point, so you're not going to be I don't him. care. Smack him with his baton. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> so just, then we... <laughs> Like almost whipping the man on his face with the yes, baton. Exactly. Um, so then we do That'll even see hilarious. Mr. Holland, yes, at a school board meeting, fighting yes. this and telling the, the, the head of the school board, Hey, I you were my student and I told you the same thing then. Like, you know You idiot. Yeah, exactly. So he's fighting them, they're telling him their hands are tied, there's nothing they can do, there's no not enough money in the budget, they have to cut arts, blah, blah, whatever. So he tried to fight it, and you know. It's it. There's no fight there. There's so no fight in, there. He he loses the fight. He has. Yes. To, he's forced to retire. Retire. Yes. So he's in his classroom with Iris Cole. A, an adult Cole comes, and they're helping him kind of get all his stuff and lovely hair. Adult yeah, Cole, a nice glowy ponytail. Nice. Yeah, looking good. Grown up Cole's pretty pretty handsome. So then. Uh, as they're leaving the school, they hear music coming from the gym, and they're like, what is this music? What's going on? So then they walk in there, and everyone's, like, singing Louie Louie and, and having yes. a great time. And then as soon as he walks in, there's a big banner, goodbye, Mr. Holland. Everyone cheers for him, and it's this whole big It's moment. a surprise honoring ceremony. Yes. And yes. so he's walking through, and all the students are like, oh, bye, Mr. Holland. And we see the, the kid that he took to Terrence Howard's funeral and tried to, like, you know, pound some knowledge into his brain there. And, you know, we've seen him growing up and he looks um, like he's done well for himself. Yes. And so everyone's there to kind of see, say goodbye to him. And so his wife goes up there and she's speaking and she's like, Oh, our master of ceremonies isn't quite here yet. And uh, so let me start. And then here she comes and I believe she's a Congresswoman. Something like that. Yeah. A governor. Governor, con- like governor of, of California or whatever, and she gets up on the stage, and it is Gertrude Lang, the Yay, clarinet girl. The clarinet yes. girl. And it was so great. And um, she gets up on the stage and she talks about her moments with Mr. Holland and how he taught her some wonderful things and gives us and you know, talks about you know, Mr. Holland is not you know, we always heard about this opus that he was creating. That was going to make him rich and famous. But Mr. Holland is not rich and he's not famous, at least not outside of our little town. Um, but we wanted it's to like an, It's a wonderful him. life moment, isn't yes, it? To yes. Like, well, yes, okay. You may have not absolutely changed the world, but look at all these people that, you that have, have been exactly that <laughs> yes. have been so moved by you and your life and how you have been for exactly. thirty years. Exactly, and she says, and she says to her, like you know, I could see you thinking that you failed, but look in this room, you have not failed. You have succeeded beyond your greatest, your wildest dreams. Um, you've touched every life in this room, and oh, like just even talking about it, I'm just getting like emotional. But already at this point, you <laughs> I mean already at this point, we're all like, we're oh, we're getting emotional. Our hearts, our heaviness, our th- our eyes are welling up with tears, aren't they? At this point, but then Gertrude she, comes out with the um. She's like, we are the notes of your, you know, opus. We are your oh, symphony, yeah. and we are the notes of your life, and like this whole thing. And you're like, we are the oh, music I- makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams, <laughs> right? And the curtain reveals 
different students from different classes that he had over this time period all set up to play his big opus. So they give him the baton. He goes up to conduct his opus made up of all of the students he has touched over all of the years. Even this kid, (laughs) even this kid who had called out like years ago for like emptying his spit valve. Yeah. (laughs) The same guy is like emptying his spit valve and the girl next to him is just like, (laughs) um, and Mary and, um, Gertrude gets there with her, clarinet and she plays too and it's like oh my god it's just like so much and so they play this this beautiful opus that he's been working for all these years and they play it for him and he gets to conduct it and you just see how emotional he is and like you can't believe he's so proud and just so overwhelmed and you're overwhelmed and it's just what a way to end the movie yes had a perfect, perfect way to end the movie. I said this movie builds to this absolute ultimate crescendo. Yes, crescendo, and it finishes on such an emotional high and such a such a just joyful high. Yes, just Richard Dreyfus is so so good in this movie. I don't think I've seen a Richard Dreyfus movie where he's been this good as a genuine performance you know as a lead performance yeah and this is why i kind of made this whole series around this movie because i absolutely love it so he is so so good this movie just if you want to just be emotionally uplifted yeah for two and a quarter hours why not? Why not this one? Because yeah. it'll damn succeed at doing it. Yeah. It's and such a good finale. It is such a good finale, Janine. And, like, I was like, this movie is all about the music. So who composed the score yes. for this movie? Who was the composer? And it was actually Michael Kamen. And for a long time, when I saw... um the movie X-Men for the first time. I always heard this, like this theme in the X-Men. I believe it's like Wolverine and Jean's theme. And I'm like, where have I heard that before? I actually heard it in Mr. Holland's <laughs> Opus. There's like a scene. I think it's like, um, one of the scenes with like teenage Cole, he's working on the car. I think it's like maybe right before he talks to him about, um, John Lennon. Right. And this piece of music that plays there is, the exact same as like a theme from X-Men and I'm like who, who did the score for X-Men? Michael Kamen. So Happens just, all the damn time. Yes. yes. So he, he he definitely you know plucked some little nuggets from this movie to to put in his later later works um, for sure. <laughs> Happens all the damn time. Yeah. A fun spot there Janina. I, I appreciate that but yes I'm so thankful about this one more than most Janine I am thankful about this you making me watch this one and centering this teacher movies series around this movie we do have one more episode in the series of course which is next week um I think we're going to take are we are we taking a an emotional kind of break or are we keeping it I think this is a solid balance. Um, okay. 
so I think I think we'll we'll be okay. <laughs> um, uh, we are doing. Uh, well, actually, no, we do have a fun one next. It's a pretty fun one. Um, yes, I know we have. Oh, it, well, it's only it's I was, the one. I was skipping to the last one we're doing. Um, the last. Oh, have... yes, that's right. We've got five of them. Yes, I forgot yes. about the fifth. So one. we do have a pretty fun one coming next. We are. We will be talking. Uh, little monsters. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. The the zombie movie where uh Lupita Nyongo has to save her kids, her her class of little kids from a zombie apocalypse that breaks out at a like petting zoo, like zoo park place. Um, it's not a and- <laughs> heavy drama emotional no. movie. It's a wacky has- Lupita Nyongo movie. Yes. And I believe it's maybe an Australian movie. Um, the lead actor is not someone I'm familiar with, but I think it does take place in Australia. And the lead actor, he's like this loser guy, and his uh, he's moved in with his sister and his niece, and he's seen the, the the his niece's teacher, who's Lapita. So in order to get in her good graces, he offers to chaperone on this trip, but he's like this big loser. <laughs> so the only help she has is a guy who's not only trying to hit on her, but he's also kind of just like a loser guy who's pretty oh useless. <laughs> oh so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I stumbled upon this. Like, I had heard about it a long time ago because I know Lupita Nyong'o was kind of promoting it a lot on her socials, just like her covered in blood. <laughs> and it's I'm like, a what movie. Is this movie? <laughs> it's a movie that was playing at a festival that I covered, but I couldn't see it. It was playing at a, you Weird know, time. bad time for me and what I had yeah. to do. Um, it was unfortunate that I that I that I missed it at that festival because obviously I hadn't I haven't seen it since then. Yeah, so I I stumbled upon it like I was like you know oh I I had been wanting to see this movie so then I put it on last year I think when I was doing like my watches of like Halloween kind of style movies last October and it was really fun and you know she's a teacher so like it fits and i you know i always (laughs) and you know i always try to you know pick different styles within a genre for these different series to kind of keep it fun uh so i definitely thought this was going to be kind of horror vibes and lupita's great and funny and everything so uh definitely wanted to throw this one in there so little monsters next week as we all know, Lupita does not get anywhere near as many leading roles as she damn deserves. Exactly. So, here's one for you. Here's one for you. Little Monsters. Next she's week. She's a really great teacher. In Morgan movie, so. hasn't seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's generally great in general. Yes. Generally great in general. There's a good statement for you. There's a good statement for you. Um, I love Lupita Nyong'o. She's the best she's a very wholesome sweet individual as well yes um but yeah there we go janine are we are we are we calling the episode there we are calling it well let's call it there then what a movie this was i'm excited for next week as well go and watch mr holland so busy i mean it is such a yeah i mean it's, it's, it's it's quickly up there for, for me with teacher movies yeah it's great quickly you know i i get these movies every so often and morgan hasn't seen janine that I, I like when i allow it to sit with me for a day or two mm-hmm. and i then appreciate it more 
I know I had that on the main show a few weeks ago with Night of the Hunter, that I was kind of glad yeah. I'd watched a few days before we actually did the recording. Yeah, to kind of let it sink in. Because it made me appreciate it more, and I think that's what's happened with Mr. Holland's Opus now. Yay! I appreciate that. Awesome. I appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, Little Monsters next week on Morgan Hasn't Seen Teacher Series, Teacher Movie Series, because it's yeah. September, yeah. and it's the time of teachers, the yeah. great people that a lot of them are, some of them objectively <laughs> are not, as we know. But some of them are great and are dedicated. Some of them are great. Like all, the, all the teachers I personally know, apart from some of the ones that I personally had, are great. Yes, my sister-in-law is a teacher and she's amazing. So Wonderful hey. person. Yes. Anyway, there we go. Janine, Morgan hasn't seen this show. It's not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, is it? No, we have Machine Mondays every Monday where I'm talking all things Schmodown. Lots to break down as it is tourney season. So, Ooh. check it out. Do you say tawny? Tawny season. Do you say tawny like a tawny owl? Because I say tourney. Tourney. I, I usually say tourney, but I don't know. Just and whenever like I hear night you talk, tourney from when, Game of Thrones. <laughs> whenever I hear you talk, I just I enunciate things weird with like a weird. That's accent. offensive. Without, to me. without no need without, for that. I sometimes I can't help it. Like I'm just hearing your accent for long periods of time, and then my just random words come out in, in random accents. <laughs> tawny. I'm <completely> offended. Tawny. <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense. Right, fine. <laughs> I mean, you you get me. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to offend. Apologize. Mm, well, I, I mm. typically would say turny, but I don't know why it's a turny. <laughs> I don't know why you did either, because that is Machine Mondays. That is what we have every Monday. You talking about the schmodown and turny yeah. season. Yes. But we also have the main show. It's a wonderful podcast every Friday where we show love, celebrate and discover new, older movies because we love them and they deserve love as well. Yes. And respect. And don't forget them because movies didn't start in the 70s, you moron. <laughs> not you. You're not a moron listening to this because <laughs> you have sense. We're talking to other people. <laughs> Who think that? I just like how in, in recent times I've become more confident in myself to call people morons when I think they're morons. That's fair. That's fair. I never used to do it. I always used to be like, mm, let's, you know, shy away from saying what I think. But no, I, frankly, if you Go think movies it. started in the 70s and you don't watch older movies before then you're because of some weird agenda, you're a moron. If you don't like them, fair enough. But if you don't watch them because of some weird agenda, moron person, get out. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Um, you can find the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, this podcast feed, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all the other places. Find us on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. We have the It's a Wonderful podcast YouTube channel you to go and subscribe to and do all your notification bells for the fun stuff we have there the it's a wonderful podcast patreon is also there if you feel like supporting us all on uh, on patreon and feeling particularly generous we would love you very deeply 
You can find me on Twitter at the Purple Dom with the three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Dom. All your glorious, wonderful stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows or check out any of my artwork, you can find all of that at my Tee Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. I think we should start Instagram and it just be grandparents on Instagram. That's definitely already a thing, isn't it? I feel like it might be. So That's a hundred percent already a hashtag. A famous hashtag on Instagram is Instagram. Instagram, yeah, it's probably anyway. Janine, <laughs> go for it. I want you to do it musically. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Bye.